Hey everyone, this is Fully Charged, the Benjamin Franklin High School podcast. Hello and welcome to Fully Charged, the podcast from Benjamin Franklin High School. This is the second in our series of Fully Charged. And today I'd like to introduce you to someone who is a teacher, but she's also an advisor on the academic side. And she had a great topic I'd like her to talk about. So welcome, Trinity. Hello. And the topic today, of course, is... Octoritas. Which means? So Octoritas means spiritual authority. So the authority that's built up over time through your experience. This was a topic that came up in opening ceremony, and I thought it'll be good for her to expand on this a bit. Yeah, I told a, a very cool story about a young woman named Elizabeth Eckford. So Elizabeth was the first African-American to integrate a white school in the South during the early years of the civil rights movement. And she was only 15 years old when she did that. Now, if you haven't heard of Elizabeth Eckford, we might have to reach back to the late 1950s and start the story there. Well, I guess we need to go back, and this is my roots as a history teacher. So we know that after the Civil War, there was segregation due to the Jim Crow laws. Um, And then on top of that, Arkansas and many other southern states passed specific laws to segregate the schools. And so 1868, all schools segregated. And this lasts for almost 100 years. But then, due to a Supreme Court ruling, Brown versus Board of Education, all schools in the South had to be reintegrated. So Elizabeth Eckford was one of nine students, now known as the Little Rock Nine, who were chosen to come into a white school to help integrate it. Now, there's a lot of logistics involved there. How did she get to school? And when you mean she was asked come to school how did she get there with the chaperone Did they go by bus did they walk well it's actually kind of crazy how she ended up at school on that very first day in september all of them were supposed to go together and be chaperoned by some kind of police unit but her home did not have a telephone actually and the plans changed last minute where they were told we're going to enter the school a little bit differently but she didn't hear the news. So she took the bus to school and then walked to school by herself. She did not have the rest of the Little Rock Nine with her. And she saw that there were Arkansas National Guard there. And she thought, oh, maybe they're here to protect me. But they wouldn't let her into the school. And you know, there are over 400 people there protesting integration she's trying to get into the school and ultimately on that very first day she couldn't go because the national guard wasn't there to protect her it was there to keep her out so she walks to school on her own she doesn't get through the barriers that's right what happens next so she had to wait two weeks before the president president eisenhower could force the Arkansas National Guard to offer protection to the Little Rock Nine. Um, So yeah, two weeks she had to wait at home and do some homeschooling and prep work and things like that. And then they got the support that they needed to actually enter the school building. Most of those students went home 
on their first day, but she stayed and she got through the day. That must have taken a lot of courage. Imagine being 15 years old and you are the only one making a stand with so much of pushback. So in that initial day, she had the National Guard against her, 400 people against her, including an old woman who spat in her face. And then two weeks later when she came to school, there was an even larger mob of a thousand people protesting. But then once she was going to school regularly, she faced racial slurs, rejection, loneliness. No one wanted her to sit at their lunch table. She was pushed down the stairs at one point in the school year. So she was not a welcome member of that community. But what's amazing about her and why I told the story to the students was that she still chose to go to school every single day that school year. She made it one year. And that that shows Octoritas leadership. I wonder what Elizabeth Ackford did in her later years. What did she do when she spoke about these events and how did she use her experience to educate people? Well, she does have some memoirs beyond high school. She went on to serve in the military. She was a history teacher. Oh, so she was a history teacher. I can see why you picked her. (laughs) Yes. Um, She was a parole officer. She worked with uh, disadvantaged or poorly served youth. I mean, she really gave back to the community, which gave her so little. So, again, like her life was pretty remarkable, and she received the Congressional Medal of Honor. And now I would not say that she is filled with bitterness or anything like that, but she takes an honest look at her own history and just tries to help us to be leaders, stand up for justice, and stand against injustice. So Trinity, I think there are so many, many takeaways, especially because this so-called hero is someone who is so relevant to our age group of students. I wonder whether we can sum her up into something that we can take away from here. Um, You can be a leader in many different ways. You don't have to be front and center. You can just choose to do the right thing every single day. And that is a leadership style that we can all follow. Leadership, authority, so much to think about. On that note, we come to an end of Fully Charged, another podcast from Benjamin Franklin High School. Please look for other podcasts in this series. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Fully Charged. You can find more of these podcasts on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Fully Charged is produced by Angelo Fernando. Christina Dressel and Trinity Wright are the podcast hosts. Theme music is from Free Music Archive. Additional support for this podcast comes from the Boosters and Stugo at Benjamin Franklin High School.